I'm Effie Parks. Welcome to Once Upon a Gene, the podcast. This is a place I created for us to connect and share the stories of our not-so-typical lives. Raising kids who are born with rare genetic syndromes and other types of disabilities can feel pretty isolating. What I know for sure is that when we can hear the triumphs and challenges from others who get it, we can find a lot more laughter, a lot more hope, and feel a lot less alone. I believe there are some magical healing powers that can happen for all of us through sharing our stories, and I'll take all the help I can get. Hi, everybody. My episode for you today is a really heartfelt story from a very special mom. She has a son who is a little younger than Ford who shares the same diagnosis of CTNNB1 syndrome. Listening to her tell the story of their road to a diagnosis and how it has impacted her and her family is probably very similar to a lot of you parents out there. It's both heartbreaking and so beautifully vulnerable. I love the unfolding of her feelings and also how much she's built up in herself through the experience. She isn't afraid to be honest, and it is something that has given her a lot of strength and peace. She also happens to have the most adorable accent, and I'm pretty sure she doesn't even swear. Before I started recording our conversation, I heard her say, what intonation? <laughs> I thought my dad was the only person who used that word. Anyways, I hope you enjoy our conversation. Here is the gorgeous warrior mama, Tara Bryant. Hi, thank you so much for talking to me today. I'm so excited to like finally really meet you. I feel like I really connect with you as a mom. Obviously, we're going through the exact same thing with our kids sharing CT and NB1. We're both hairstylists. They're both around the same age. And I just I really love the real stuff that you post on your Facebook page. It's stuff that I think we're all living through and not necessarily talking about all the time. So why don't you tell us about Titus a little bit, who he is today? Well, Titus, he is three and a half. He is rambunctious and very driven. He's come such a long ways and we're so proud of him. With that, you know, comes lots of challenges, but we do our best every single day to get through them and continue on. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of juggling around stuff. I know he's in a lot of different types of therapy. And is he in preschool right now? Is he in developmental preschool? Um, well, he is in ABA therapy, and that's 40 hours a week. We were planning on starting him this August. It's a special program here for kids with disabilities. It was just two days a week for four hours, and we actually took him for the assessment. And prior to, I went to meet with the teachers and was kind of going over everything about him. And they're like, you know, we see all different children all the time. I think we are more than capable of handling a child like your son. So Titus and I, we had went in for the group meeting, and you can just see on their face they just weren't equipped to handle it's hard for me I guess I shouldn't say handle but Titus is different than any other child you could ever meet I knew that that's 
where we didn't need to be and we needed to figure out something because he wasn't going to get the help he really needed in that program. So that is when we got the autistic diagnosis and we started the full 40 hour a week in ABA therapy. A place with a lot more resources for him. Yes. I mean, right now he's not really learning his ABCs and tying his shoes and counting. He's learning to be verbal, request things through sign language, pull up his own pants. They're going to start potty training soon. So he's learning differently than other children his age in preschool. But I feel like that these things are more important for him to learn right now. Definitely. So when did you realize or when were you told that Titus wasn't necessarily developing at the same rate of his peers? Honestly, the day we brought him home from the hospital, I kept staring at him in the hospital and I just, it sounds so cliche, but it was like a mother's intuition. I knew something wasn't right. That's a real thing. (laughs) You hear it all the time, but you never really believe it, I guess, until you live through it. But didn't open his eyes the first few days, not like maybe once or twice. And I'm like, something's wrong with him. He's not opening his eyes. What, you know, what's going on. And then from there, you know, he cried nonstop every single day, every single night, his movements were different, even as a newborn. So it was right away. I had a feeling. And after a couple of months, he wasn't really gaining weight. So they pegged him on the failure to thrive scale. And from there, it was one thing after another. And finally, at his six month checkup, when he wasn't trying to roll over, sit up, do any of those things, we go see um, a physical therapist and get an evaluation. So you just went into early childhood birth to three program. Well, no, it's a little bit different here in Arkansas. And actually, we didn't start at six months. So they tested him. And because he wasn't far enough, insurance wouldn't pay for it. So we had to wait until he was eight months old to get him retested. It's not an option, you know, to pay out of pocket when you have insurance. And so that was kind of really frustrating because as a mother who sees him every day, I knew he was struggling and you're begging and pleading, can we please start him? And there's, you know, it's out of their hands. So all he did was physical therapy. So he never went into a program until right when he turned three. So none of your healthcare professionals that were helping you in the beginning ever steered you into the direction that maybe Titus had some developmental disabilities? Not at all. My oldest daughter, she's your typical child. She gets the common cold every now and again. So coming into this, you know, I didn't even know what all was offered, what all I needed to do. I just kind of went into it blind and everyone kept saying he's just behind. He was so small for so long. He just needs time to catch up. And eventually... I thought enough's enough, spoke to his physical therapist, who is actually a really good friend of ours now. And she said that she thought that maybe he had a mild form of cerebral palsy. And she thought that we needed to see a neurologist. So I'm like shocked that it took this long. And then again, I'm not shocked at all. Right. So pleading with his pediatrician, he got us a referral to see a neurologist and 
So, you know, you go through the CT scans and his came back normal. And they said, well, it's like an umbrella diagnosis. There's no proof that he has CP, but he has, you know, all the traits of it. So we're just going to call it good. And I wasn't okay with that. So on to the next neurologist. And by this time, you know, Titus needed glasses. His eyes were crossing and we were seeing so many other things come about. And I'm Googling and then I see all this information on, you know, genetic syndromes that honestly I knew nothing about. Didn't even think of that, honestly. So we had met with a neurologist and he said because Titus didn't appear to have any traits that he didn't think a genetic test would do us any good. So that was a fight as well to just get the base level genetic testing done. And thankfully, a genetic specialist who read the test and all of his symptoms he was having picked us up and said, you know what, I think that there is something wrong with your child. And I think that it is very important that we find out sooner than later what that is. Thank God someone finally listened three years later. Well, not three years later. Well, almost two. (laughs) Almost two years later. Wow. Good job trusting your instincts. I think that's the most important resource that we have. (laughs) And it's hard to do that sometimes, especially when people in power and, you know, doctors whom we respect and we think are so brilliant, which they are, are telling us otherwise. It's hard to challenge them. We learn how to and then we get good at it. But it's really hard in the beginning. It is. So you got a whole exome sequence test, I'm assuming, or a whole genome. Which one? Exome. Mm Mm-hmm. Exome, and they told you that Titus does in fact have a syndrome, CTNNB1. How did you take that news? What happened after you received the diagnosis? How did you feel? Well, we were obviously chasing a diagnosis um, in hopes to get some answers on how to help our son who was struggling in so many ways and thinking going into it, we'll find out what it is and we'll have answers from there. So when we received the diagnosis for the specialist to say, this is what it is, there are only 50 kids in the whole entire world who have it. And I found this on the internet and printed it off. Here are some (laughs) of, you know, the symptoms, like the traits. And I'm like, I'm just sitting there. Honestly, I was just ready for her to, you know, say, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Just kind of, I sat there and I was honestly, it took me three days, three days of reading that paper over and over before I finally broke down. It's not what we'd hoped for. We thought we would go in and have all the answers and we were more lost than we were before. So it was very difficult, but somehow she did find that there was a Facebook group of parents and she thought that maybe I could find it and see if anyone there could help me. And that was about all that we got from that office. That's more than I got. That's awesome. She did that research for you. (laughs) I guess so. I was just like typing in CTNMB1 everywhere. And I was like, what are Facebook groups? There is one. Oh, my gosh. Mm -hmm. So you found our group. Yes. Did finding the group sort of give you that community or that Did it give you any comfort that you were looking for? In a way, yes, at first. I feel like when I found the group, 
we were just right there when everyone started getting a diagnosis. But the people who had been in it had lived with that diagnosis. They had known about it for a little while. So they were kind of more calm than I was. I got on there typing, rambling on, like hoping that everyone had every answer to every question that I had and they didn't. And I thought, well, what good is this group? Until I realized that every parent on there knew exactly how I was feeling. You know, my husband, he dealt with this totally different, like everyone deals with everything in a different way. Um, And even I felt like he didn't know everything that I was feeling. He couldn't understand it. He, you know, kept telling me, you need to accept the fact that this is what we're dealing with and we'll do the best that we can. And I couldn't get him to understand. I've accepted it. It's okay. And, you know, two years later, I still, I sit there sometimes and I'm just looking at him and I still can't believe it. You know, we just got fitted for a stroller, a wheelchair stroller. He is walking independently, but he can't walk super long distances. And with him being four in December, you know, he's outgrown strollers you could go to Walmart and buy. So I'm sitting there still two years later and just thinking, how is this us? I don't think that part ever really goes away, acceptance or not. I don't think it does either. I feel the exact same way about the group. I think even just aside from the group, but finding social media, people on social media in general who connect to the lifestyle that I'm living now has been probably the most important resource that I've had that has helped me stay somewhat sane through this disability life. I agree. I've also found, though, that... I guess I kept it in like it was just this big elephant in the room. I found that talking to people about it, how I was really truly feeling helped. I um, have a great clientele base and they've become friends over the years. And, you know, of course, they all keep track of Titus and they're so thoughtful of my feelings. You know, they ask me how I'm doing and I've been with them for so long that it's easy to talk to them. So I have a huge support group that I can talk to. And I finally found the more I say it out loud, the easier it is. So that has helped a whole lot. Not doing the typical thing of just brushing it off and being that light, fun hairstylist, but actually having real conversations about what they're asking about. Exactly. I thought going into this, you know, okay, I'm going to be so strong for him and we're going to get through this. But you have to first completely, just completely break down and be real and raw before you can really start accepting not just the diagnosis, but where your life is and where it's going. I agree. I think as moms, and caregivers in general, we're so consumed with taking care of our children that we put ourselves on the back burner a lot and we don't let this ever be about us. And it is about us too. I just came to terms with that a couple of weeks ago. It's like it hit me like a brick wall um, (laughs) (laughs) that, you know what, I am sad, not just for Titus, but for my other child and my husband and myself, just our family as a whole, you know, everything is a whole lot more complicated than it was four years ago. And it's also, it's brought so much more joy as well. It's not all bad. 
I understand completely. And especially with the having the older sibling, right? Your daughter, who's, you know, a typically developing little girl. How have you found that it has changed her in this young age already growing up with a little brother who has CTNNV1? So at home wise, it's a challenge because Titus has certain things that sets him off. Crying is one of them. I live with heartache for her and I feel guilt, I guess, because she'll fall and hurt herself. She is the clumsiest child. She'll fall and hurt herself. And I have to hurry up and get her to go into her room so she doesn't cry in front of her brother to cause him to cry, bite himself, bite her, because he will, he will attack her. So I feel guilty because I'm not able to comfort. I have to comfort her brother and then go in there and comfort her and make sure she's okay once I get him in a safe, soft spot so he doesn't try to physically harm himself or anyone else. But my daughter's 10 now, so she's old enough to kind of understand. She wears all of the shirts to school, and she's real knowledgeable, actually, with the CTNNB1. And she's happy to tell anyone. She goes above and beyond to make sure they're treated equally. And she's become such an advocate herself in her 10-year-old little way. Yeah, I feel like these siblings probably grow up a lot faster, definitely differently, but I feel like they connect to that compassion and that empathy a lot sooner. Yes, I believe so. So how about what Titus is doing now? What is he doing now that he wasn't doing a year ago? How fast has he been progressing, do you think? Um, Well, we started getting Botox last October, so we've um, had Botox for about a year now. So Titus has dystonia? Yes, and it's more prominent on his right side than his left. So we do Botox injections in his hamstring area and his calf muscles. He's a toe walker. So before the Botox, it was so hard to get him to walk with his heel down. He learned to fight it, but the gait was still way off to where we were worried it was going to cause problems with his hip. So we did start getting Botox and From there, he was able to stand up by himself and walk for a lot longer of a distance. And he started, (laughs) he was able to climb on everything. So I guess it gave him a lot more movement in his knees and his hips. So Awesome. He got to crawl around like a rambunctious little boy and do stuff that you had never really seen before. Right. And he he was walking prior to it. But if he fell over, which he did a whole lot, he would have to crawl to pull himself up. So and with his age, you know, they start, you know, he has kneecaps and those were always bruised and the tops of his little feet were just always raw. So we're very thankful that that helped in the way that it did. And he's also picked up a lot on sign language through speech and ABA therapy. Nice. How verbal is he? He will say words. He said probably about 10 words, but he never says them frequently. It depends on the mood he's in, honestly. He'll say, yeah, a whole lot. (laughs) Um, (laughs) A whole lot. We can, and banana, that's one of his favorite. That was the first word he ever said. Um, Cute. He communicates through his pecs book. 
Um, and we just got him fitted for his ACC device. Great. So we're excited for that. Yeah, we just got that too. And I have no idea how to use it yet. Oh, you have yours? Yeah, I just downloaded it like a week or so ago. We got that Prolico to go. Oh, okay. Yeah, so um, his speech therapist at school is going to help us set it all up and do it however they think is best for now. It'll be better than carrying around a PEX binder. <laughs> There's yes. enough stuff to carry around. All right, so Tara, I want to know what you're doing for you to kind of help, I don't know, kind of take care of yourself in a way, right? I want I want to know like how you are putting Tara first and realizing that, you know, your emotions about this whole situation need to hold some space now because it makes you a stronger mom and a better advocate. What have you found fills you up? Just recently is when I really decided I need to start taking better care of me and not just being Titus's mom and revolving everything I do around him. So before Titus, I always trained in the gym. That's something I love to do. And I recently just started that. I go super early in the morning, so it doesn't take any time away from my typical day. And every now and again, I'll go to dinner with a girlfriend and I am making a point to have a mother-daughter date with my daughter because I know that because we're so limited on things we can do with Titus, there's a lot of things that she misses out on and can't do that she wants to do. So also, I'm just trying to get that quality time in with her just one-on-one. I love all of that. I think it's really important. And I'm so glad that you've had this realization because it's really important. We have to definitely put on our masks before we put them on our other kids when we're dealing with such a stressful and intense lifestyle. It's kind of hard to do that at first because you feel like it's not really right. It's super important for me. I definitely learned that a while ago and I'll take all the help I can get. So what do you know now that you wish you could tell Tara in the beginning of this journey? I honestly wish that I would have fought a lot harder in the beginning. I did a lot. I did let a lot of the doctors and the specialists fight me on things. And I just kind of stood by and thought that they knew best. And yeah, I, I definitely feel the same way for myself. And I think finally paying attention to that mother's instinct, that intuition is probably it's the biggest thing that happened in this whole thing realizing that doctors don't know everything and that we can ask questions and we can move rocks if we need to all right tara thank you so much for talking to me i love you so much i love your kiddo i can't wait to meet him someday and i think that your story is going to connect with a lot of people i think so many of us feel the exact same way you do. And just kind of finding some solidarity with other parents is exactly what I'm trying to do. Because I know that it lifted me up. And it still does. And I'm searching for it all the time. So thanks for talking to me. And I'll see you on our Facebook group. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Tara. Take care. I hope you've been enjoying this podcast. If you like what you hear, Please share this show with your people and please make sure to rate and review it on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. You can also head over to Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter to connect with me and stay updated on the show. If you're interested in sharing your story or if you have anything you would like to contribute, 
please submit it to my website at effieparks.com. Thank you so much for listening to the show and for supporting me along the way. I appreciate y'all so much. I don't know what kind of day you're having, but if you need a little pick-me-up, Ford's got you. Ha, 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 ha,